Do you normally follow me on TikTok? I'm guessing you haven't seen me for a while. That's because I've been battling a crushing shadow ban. And I also have an account warning. As most of you know, I got banned over a year ago and it's been a struggle getting back to where I was. And these shadow bans aren't helping. To try to save this account, I've put my TikTok on private and I'm taking a break from TikTok until November. I've even deleted the app. If you wanna see my usual short form content, then please follow me on Instagram. The link is in the description. Again, follow me on Instagram. Also, so TikTok can't pull an Andrew Tate on me, I'm asking people to subscribe to my email list. If you do, I'll give you some cool stickers free of charge with postage paid. I'll put the link in the description for that too, but you can sign up at list.comeonmanpod.com. That's L-I-S-T dot comeonmanpod.com. Get some cool stickers and here's the show. A lot of the principles of the red pill, I kind of viewed more like guardrails for beginners. You know, mm. like the whole, all women are like that is is a perfect example of that. I think most red pill people know that that's not 100% true, but for someone who's really new to the red pill, really blue pilled, if you will, believing that will really help them not make a lot of mistakes, especially in the beginning. You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe, hit those notifications. If you are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, please give us a five-star review. It helps more than you know. I say this every week. And if you haven't done so already, fuck you guys. It's simple, right? I mean, just go into iTunes, hit five stars, say, Paul's a badass mofo. Boom, done. Come on. How hard is that, guys? Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Before we get too far into this. Oh, if you're watching on, on YouTube, drop a, a favorite emoji. Uh, whatever your favorite emoji is. It can be an eggplant. I don't care. You know what I mean with eggplant, dirty birdies. All right. Before I get too far <laughs> into this. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the Patreon. Uh, there's five tiers available. The third tier gets unlimited, unlimited tech support for me over Telegram. Uh, that also includes voice messages. So uh, I can send you voice message replies and you can voice message me back. So, I mean, it's, it's like unlimited phone support too, if you want. Um, and it's really affordable. It's like, it's only 25 bucks a month for that. So can you imagine like, you you're you're trying to hook up with a chick on Tinder, you don't know what to say, just screenshot that shit and send it to me, man. Be like, what do I say to this? I'll reply back. Be like, dude, say this, man. <laughs> and then you're gonna get laid. All right. <laughs> Patreon.com slash come on man pod. The link is in the description. All right. Uh, so my guest this week, he is the artist formerly known as Purple Pill Eric, but it this has happened uh, twice now where I interview somebody there. They go by a certain handle on TikTok, and then they blow up and decide to rebrand. So my man's new name is Eric explains on TikTok. Uh, he's had fascinating growth. So at the time of this recording, I think he might've had like 15,000 followers, like not that much, but his content was really compelling. So I wanted to bring him on the show. Uh, he's a former, he's a former fuck boy, uh, actually former, like very traditional, like religious dude turned fuck boy. So his, his story is really fascinating. 
but after blowing up, he's got at the time of the recording of this intro, he's got over 106,000 followers already, which is amazing. I have been struggling to get back to where I was last year when I got banned at 30,000. I still haven't made it back. You know, it has been over a year now. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but this guy knows what he's doing and he's doing it right. Uh, <laughs> so Eric explains the artist formerly known as Purple Pill Eric. And I have a conversation and I will bring that to you right after these words. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey you, I'm going to make this real quick. I know you hate ads. If you like this show, if you love this podcast, if you think more men should tune in, then you should consider joining my Patreon. You will be supporting the show and I get to help more men level up their lives. There's now five tiers available, starting as low as $5 a month. It's like buying me a beer and each tier gives you better bonuses. Visit patreon.com slash come on man pod to sign up. That's patreon.com slash come on man pod. One last time, that's patreon.com slash come on man pod. Help me help more men level up and be better with women. Joining me this week is a really interesting guy that puts a lot of great content on TikTok. He started off making videos talking about the truths and the fallacies of the red pill. It's purple pill Eric. What's going on, brother? What is up, Paul? Is it okay if people know your real name? Absolutely. Yeah. You can call me Purple Pill Eric. You can call me Eric. That's my real name. Okay. All right. Uh, so Eric, my first question here is, so I used to consider myself Purple Pill. In fact, uh, last December, I, in, I interviewed Rolo Tomasi, um, widely considered the godfather of the red pill. And in that interview, I told him that I considered myself Purple Pill. Um, I've since changed my stance on that. Uh, but can you tell us what your definition of purple pill is? Sure. Yeah. So when I discovered the red pill, I wanted to test everything and figure out if it was true or not. I took most of it as I was going to assume it was true and then figure out you know, where everything fell. And most of the stuff I found to be true, but some of the stuff I felt was kind of off. A lot of the, a lot of the principles of the red pill, I kind of viewed more like guardrails for beginners, you know, mm. like the whole, all women are like that is, is a perfect example of that. I think most red pill people know that that's not a hundred percent true, but for someone who's really new to the red pill, really blue pilled, if you will, believing that will really help them not make a lot of mistakes, especially in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So assume it to be true until you get to the point where you're comfortable enough that you can you know, make your own decisions. Got it. That makes sense. I also really like to call myself purple pill, Eric, as opposed to red pill, Eric, because there's a lot of flack that the red pill gets because obviously people take that stuff and they take it to the extreme and they're like, oh, it's just a bunch of women hating, you know, misogynists. And it's like, no, if, if that's the way that you view it, I'm not red pill at all. Uh, so it, I was a lot more comfortable calling myself purple pill, Eric, in that sense. Uh, but I, I recommend everyone should, uh, every guy should at least investigate the red pill, especially if you wanted to improve your 
success with women, if you want to figure out why you don't have success with women, why women are always seeing you as a friend, you know, why you can't seem to find someone that likes you the way that you like them, like Red Pill will, it will open your eyes and it'll help you figure out the mistakes that you're making. So. Got it. That makes sense. I've, I've noticed uh, in the last man, I would say a year or so that uh, there's a lot of content creators that are trying to distance themselves from the label of red pill, just because of all the douche nozzles that are on the internet, that all that they're, all their content is, is just bashing women. Women ain't shit. All women are whores. They're all cheaters. And that, uh, which isn't helpful to anybody. And obviously that's not true, you know, but there's these guys that get stuck in that black pill, red pill rage type, you know, state and they can't find their way out of it, you know? And I, you know, and, and I think, uh, I think being mad at, you know, basically being lied to your whole life <laughs> on, you know, like, cause we're all, we're all raised the same. We're all raised uh, with the same media, the same, uh, you know, same movies, the same, Disney fairy tales and stuff like that. We're all raised with like that. So when you, your, your, your eyes are open to the realities of life. Like it's just like, Jesus, you know, (laughs) why didn't anybody tell me this stuff? But if you stay there, it's just not healthy for anybody. Um, Quick question though. Like what, um, when I'm scrolling through the, for you page and I, and I come across your videos um, when I first was coming across your stuff, you, all your videos on the fallacies of the red pill. I mean, like almost everyone I came on, came across what you were like, this is true. (laughs) This is true. What, what isn't true about the red pill? What have I missed? Oh boy. Well, I think, well, I didn't say that they were all true. So first of all, the one, I think the one that I disagreed with the most was when he was talking about how a woman won't ever love you. Uh, in the way that you should expect to be loved. And I think that's true if you're coming from a blue pill perspective. But yeah. once you realize exactly how men and women were meant to interact with one another, the way that a woman does love a man is actually better. Mm-hmm. She she loves you because she's coming alongside of you to pursue your purpose. And I think I haven't really seen very many interviews with Rolo, but I think he may actually agree with that as well. So maybe it's just when you read it, it seems like it's something that's not. Yeah. Um, I also disagree with the one where he said, uh, any woman who makes you wait for sex is never worth the wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's plenty of instances where a woman just won't sleep with you on the first date because she doesn't want to be the kind of girl that sleeps with a guy on the first date. And even if she was the kind of girl in the past who slept with a guy on the first date, and now you're on a date with her and she won't sleep you on the first date and you're into her and she's into you and yeah. you're Ivan, she sets a second date with you. It's like, oh my goodness, just go on the second date. She'll probably sleep with you on the second date. And yeah. Like, I mean, girls go through phases, you know, they go through the hoe phase, they go through the now I need a boyfriend phase. And, you know, to to really any kind of ideology, and this is one of the things that I get into any type of ideology that has these rigid rules, you run into that thing where you're trying to follow all these rigid rules. Yeah. And that can be really dangerous, you know? Yeah. Uh, so they're more as more as guidelines, like they said in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I, 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 I would say uh, Rolo actually describes it more of a praxeology than an ideology. Um, okay. And I did. I asked him about that. The whole idea of like, are women even capable of love? Because there's a lot of guys that that read that that rule. I can't remember which iron rule that is, like three or some shit. I don't. Know. Um, 
but they read that and they're like, yeah, women are incapable of love because they're, they don't love you unconditionally, which is a retarded statement on its own. You men. <laughs> right. But, but Ro- yeah, no, Rolo told me, he's like, no, of course women can love. That's stupid. Like, yeah, they love, they just don't love you the way you think that they should. They have their own way. It's different, but it's not bad, you know? And like you said, it's, it's actually a better way. Absolutely. I think the way, the way they love and you, you may agree with this or not, but uh, the way they love really is designed to help uh, you level up your game. I think. Yep. You know, um, and then also, what was the, what was the other thing uh, that uh, women? Yeah, women that uh, make you wait. Now, I don't know what your p- policy is on that. Mine is like like I'm a I'm also a student of Corey Waits, right? And Corey, I don't know if you're familiar with Corey Wayne, but he talks about that women will sleep with a guy by the second or third date on average. And I found that to be a hundred percent accurate. Um, you know, there's women that'll sleep with you on the first date, but it's, uh, less likely. So if you're not pushing for that first date smash, like, and and don't have that focus on outcome, like you'll almost definitely get it on the second or third day and don't worry about it. It, it depends on how you set it up. Um, so if, if you do the first date as drinks or, you know, something where you're sitting next to the girl and you can have that physical escalation and she's cool with that. So of the 190 dates that I went on, 90 of them, I've I've slept with 90 different women. And of the 90 women that I've slept with, I kept a spreadsheet. And of them, 40% was first date, 50% was second date, 10% was third date or later. So Mm. yeah, typically is the second date. um, But most of those dates I was setting up as like, a very flirty kind of hookup thing. Like even if we did dinner, it was a sushi bar where we sat next to each other. Cause when you sit across from a girl on a first date, you're sending the message that you're interviewing each other right. and having this intellectual discussion on if you're a good fit for one another, you know, it doesn't, you know, and it's, it's difficult to turn that even if you both like each other to then be like, okay, let's go do something. And now I'm going to put my arm around you. And now I'm going to play with your hair, you know, because I wasn't touching you at all in the beginning. So we, we established this interview kind of mindset. It's really a frame thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but I guess, I guess what I was saying with that is, uh, if I can't, if she won't sleep with me by the third date though, like if she's like, I'm, I'm holding out for marriage or whatever, I just, um, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I cut my losses after three dates and I'm like, it's, it's not, for me, it's not worth it at that point. You know, what, yeah. what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, if it gets to the point where you've made a move, I mean, you have to be the kind of guy that makes a move. And so this is something that if, if you're new to the red pill and you are used to taking things really slow and texting the girl back and forth a lot and really having a lot of conversations, it seems strange to, you know, wait, the first date you're going to try to get her naked. Absolutely. You know, um, but if you get to the point where you've tried twice, you know, like if you try the first date, she says, no, you try the second date. She says, no, it's like, she's not feeling you, you know, because she knew it was coming the second time. So once you've made a move and she rejects you, if she agrees to meet up with you again and you make another move and she rejects you, she knows it's coming the second time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would definitely agree with that three. If she hasn't by three dates and you're assertive and you know what you want, like it's going to naturally just end it because she's going to know what you want. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I learned uh, and started practicing um, like uh, Corey Wayne talks about two steps forward, one step back. Basically, you're, you're sort of you sort of uh, 
you're touching her, you're flirting with her, and then you back off a little bit. And you do that throughout the whole date. Um, smart guys will do it throughout the whole date because that's yep. getting her primed up. Um, and then if she puts up some resistance, you can do the same thing usually. Um, and then she'll, cause she just, usually a lot of women, uh, will say no because they want to test to make sure that you'll stop when they tell you to. And as long as they are like, Oh, he, he'll stop. If I tell him to, they're more comfortable to move forward at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, eventually they're like, if they're really adamant about not doing it, like you'll know. And, uh, <laughs> and then you're just wasting your time. You know, you're banging on closed doors at that point, I think. Yep. Um, let me ask you, uh, how did you find your way into the red pill, purple pill space? Oh God. You want a story? Yeah. Are you I ready? Do. Yeah. Okay. We got to fill up an hour. So oh, well, this, this is, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't think I've I haven't dove too much of into this on my channel, but I was like totally prepared for this on the podcast. I totally talk about this. So when I was a freshman in college, I had very little experience with women. I was just like a, the average freshman guy. There was this one time a girl was at my dorm. I was with a bunch of friends. We were watching a movie. Everyone starts leaving. It's just me and her. She says, "Maybe I'll just sleep here." And I said, "Well, then where would I sleep?" You know, I had I had no clue. <laughs> I got involved with a very conservative, uh, almost, almost fundamentalist, like an evangelical Christian church. And they were preaching the whole no sex before marriage. I got super involved with it. And I was like, man, I, I need to get married so that I can have sex. So I got married and I married a girl that I really wasn't that attracted to, but just made sense because it was like, I get along with her. I could do life with her and I could have sex with her. Mm-hmm. And I also set up the frame. I was very, uh, I aided and abetted a lot in setting up the frame between her and I as a mother son kind of a thing. I kind of just wanted her to take all the responsibility because why not, you know, someone to handle all that stuff. I was naive. I sure. Why not? We never had sex at all. I got divorced at 29 as a virgin. Whoa, really? So it was, was, I'm not sure I'm, I am, I told you I'm more shocked that you uh, got married and ended up getting divorced as a virgin or more shocked that you're 29 and still a virgin. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Go on. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> so it was kind of like a control thing for her. Um, yeah. She wasn't really able to be vulnerable. And I just kind of enabled a lot of that. I just, my whole mindset during the whole marriage was like, if I make her happy, then she'll sleep with me because that's what the church was telling me. That's what a lot of guys are raised to uh, believe. I was, I was raised that way. Happy life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to have sex with you because you're not helping with the chores around the house. Like all that stuff. That's like, that's eh, not really true. Uh, I believed all that. And mm-hmm. so I was so, I was so confused, but then I was in an accident uh, at 28. I broke my femur. And I had a job that I was like really into because I was just, you know, trying to be the best that I could at everything. And I was laying in bed at home for three weeks with nothing to do. I'm on Reddit and I went down every like dark rabbit hole. I don't know if you remember the subreddit, watch people die. I went on that one. No. Oh yeah. There's so much random stuff on Reddit, man. Yeah. Doesn't exist anymore. But, uh, and then I started searching for like the creepiest stuff. And then I searched for the most controversial stuff. And someone was like, well, that subreddit, the red pill is really controversial. I'm like, what's that? I literally like stayed up all night just reading. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my marriage. Like I'm totally doing all these things. 
this is why she won't have sex with me. Like, have you ever have you ever looked at the the married red pill subreddit? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was actually what, more yeah. of a positive red pill uh, uh-huh. environment. Okay, but okay, yeah. So you were so you were reading red pill uh, the red pill subreddit. Yep. And I just started reading, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is really interesting. Like if this is true, this is a game changer. I'm not a hundred percent sure if this is true, but like I have to experiment with this because there's all these people that are talking about this, and apparently it's seems like a lot of people that were in a situation like mine, you know, that didn't understand what was going on, that figured it out. And that was super intriguing to me because you know how there's some guys like when the red pill guys talk about Chad, Chad doesn't know what the red pill is. Chad doesn't care what the red pill is. It's just, it it comes naturally to him, but some people have to figure it out. And I'm like, these are people that actually figured it out. And I definitely don't get it. Maybe I could figure it out kind of a thing. So I started going to the gym. I literally had to convince my wife to let me get a $10 a month gym membership because she was running everything. Uh, I literally started like doing pull-ups in the rafters of my attic of the house like because she wouldn't let me get a gym membership, but then she did. And all the while, like I'm leveling up. I started playing piano again because she didn't like it when I played piano. Uh, and eventually, I started to realize this is having a positive effect on like literally everything in my life except for my marriage. Mm. Yeah. And then I started to like pry a little bit deeper and ask questions. And I kind of figured that figured out that she was lying to me about a few things. And I was like, okay. And for the first time I realized like, if I stay in this marriage it's probably not going to get better. If you would have asked me at any time in my marriage, if I was happy up until the very end, I would have said yes, because people's belief shapes their reality. And I literally believe that it was the right thing. And so even though there was this little problem that we weren't having sex, it was going to be fixed soon. Like, I just always believed that. Mm-hmm. And that's why people will stay in a shit situation because they believe that it's going to get better. And once that belief was gone, I was like, okay, I got to get out. And so then I was like, I'm doing this. Like, I'm going to figure out what I like. I'm going to create one of those Tinders and I'm going to start meeting people. And I had a spreadsheet that I used at work to keep track of all my clients. So I took that spreadsheet. I copied it, eliminated everything in it, added a few more columns. And I was like, I'm going to make a spreadsheet of every date I've been on. And I'm just going to track everything. I've got a clean slate. I'm a virgin. I'm going to figure this out. And yeah. that's what happened. But yeah, I found it on Reddit just one day when I was bored laying in bed <laughs> with a broken femur. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so uh, you, well, let me, let's go back to uh, marriage and you believing you were happy. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was married. I was married for uh, 14 years and Man, I, the last half of my marriage, I was actually really miserable, and and I like there was a lot of the time I would sleep in you know on a cot in like the 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 uh, my office or something in a different completely different room. I fucking hated that woman, you know. <laughs> but if anyone asked me if I was happy in my marriage, I probably just to you know keep up facades right. would have would have said, oh uh, yeah 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 we're good yeah we get along fine now. Um, maybe to my best friends, I'll, you know, be like, eh, I don't know, you know, it's not for everybody. And, and I, certainly if, if, uh, someone was talking about getting married, I would say it's, you know, it's not too late to, uh, to back out. You know, I would, I would say little jokes like that, but I would say for the most part, I would tell people, yeah, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. And I think a lot of people delude themselves, you know, in my comment section all the time saying, oh yeah, you know, I've been married for 30 years. So I was, yeah. I was asking, oh Yeah. How's the sex? 
<laughs> if you're if you're uh been married for 30 years and you're still having like you know head banging sex fucking awesome like that's that's uh, a goal for most people and i would say a majority of people don't ever get to that you know uh, yeah absolutely not I, I sit down with people for my job that are retired you know and i'll look at the marriages and you can tell uh, you can tell where they're at how they communicate with one another if they're at each other's throats if they're not and mm-hmm. You get you get a pretty good idea of what it's like. Yeah, you start you start to be able to uh, read people's body language when you're doing this kind of stuff. You you're able to uh, really see bad relationships or relationships that aren't as good as they could be. Um, at the time of this recording, I just had I just had my first uh, dinner with uh, my my girlfriend's parents. You know, okay. I, I met them for the first time. Like she and I have been dating for over a year now, but we finally, I finally met her mom and uh, her mom's uh, husband. And uh, I was, you know, I had a good time with them and stuff like that. You know, I was a personable and, you know, crack of jokes. I think, you know, we got, we all got along pretty well, but after the date driving home, my girlfriend was asking me about it. And I was like, well, you know, there are certain things you can tell that they're doing that, that they're, they're sort of, you know, they're sort of annoyed with each other and, you know, they would say certain things and one person would look at the other one, like totally annoyed by it. And it it wasn't lost on me, you know? And she goes, she goes, you're spot on. She goes there that they were actually being really tame. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. I think more people, uh, even married people, you know, would benefit from, from learning this stuff. Um, you have a you have a series, and I think this goes back to your spreadsheet. And I have questions about your spreadsheet also. All right. Um, you have a series called Confessions of a Fuckboy. Oh yeah. Um, so you got on the Tinder, you got divorced, you were a virgin, you were like, fuck this, I'm trying this. Is that how you became a fuckboy? Yeah. I was like, I've never been on like a real date before. I don't really know what I like. Maybe I'm into Asian chicks. Maybe I'm into Hispanic chicks. Maybe I'm into nerds. Maybe I'm, you know, I don't know. I've, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm gonna, I want to, tr- I want to sample like every flavor in the ice cream shop, and then make a decision. And I can, you know, because from reading this and then from seeing some of the interactions that I had gotten before I got divorced and right after I got divorced, you know, just with certain women and the way that people treated me when I started carrying myself different and being confident in myself because I was going to the gym and leveling up at all this stuff. I was like, there's no reason why I can't just go sample every flavor. Like mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm almost 30, you know, I've got access to women that are in their early twenties, women that are my age. Like I can go do this. I made my, like a rule. I was like, I'm not getting into any kind of relationship for at least two years. I'm going to just stay single. And I'm going to just tell people like the truth. This is what's going on with me. I'm just meeting people. If you want to hook up with me, fine. If not, no, but I want to get to know you. And it worked. It worked perfectly. You know, I got, I got to meet tons and tons of people and eventually, you know, found something that I wanted. That's why I started the uh, TikTok channel. Cause I was like, all right, well, I'm not single anymore. So now here's my findings. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have, a, I have a question about that as well. So what was the, uh, what would you say is like the biggest thing you learned from that experience? Cause there's, I mean, you had a, you had a, I mean, 90 chicks is a big mm-hmm. sample size, uh, more than most people get, I would say. Um, unless you're, uh, was it uh John Anthony lifestyle? You know, he's got like 4,000 bitches or whatever. Yeah, okay. bullshit. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, 
But I mean, you, know, you must have learned something there. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of guys, uh, when they first hear about this or when I tell them like, Hey, you should be spinning plates. You should be dating multiple women at once. It's the most efficient way to date. A lot of guys are scared to do that because they feel like, Oh, I'm cheating on these girls. No, you're not. You're not cheating on them. You know, unless you're, you decide to be exclusive with one of them, but you're not cheating and they're doing the same thing. We call it spinning plates. They just call it dating. So (laughs) They're literally doing the same thing. Don't feel bad about it. Um, what was the biggest thing you learned? And uh, some of the biggest things would be just, it always would blow my mind just how unself-aware a lot of people are about themselves. And this goes for men and women, but I obviously I got to see it in women when I was dating them. But just how many times like I would hook up with a girl on the first date and I would hear the, I never do this. And it's like, mm, classic. yeah, you never do this. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Oh my God, I never do this either. Like, oh my goodness, this never happens, you know? Um, And then like just the double-mindedness, you know, of how a girl can be treating one guy, being super sweet with him, texting him. He texts her. They have this text message conversation that goes on for months and he's being so sweet. They might meet up a few times. He treats her really, really nice. We all know what he wants. He wants to fuck her. Yeah. But, you know, he's just being so sweet. And then I go on one date hook up with her. And then after we hook up, she pulls up the conversation and starts scrolling through it and just like making fun of this guy. And it's like, this dude has no fucking clue. And to him, he thinks that this girl is this innocent, sweet little girl that, you know, likes to take things slow. He has no idea what the fuck I just did to her. And it's like, I used to be that guy, you know, because when you, when you haven't seen the other side of it, you're just like, okay, you know, this is the way that people are, but it's like, I'm sure there are some women that are like that, but like the vast majority, like when it comes to time and place, everything just goes out the window. Mm -hmm. You know, the the biggest example of that, of course, if you see my channel is vacation, you know, like a girl that really doesn't hook up, goes on vacation and turns into a freak because it's never going to come back. Like that whole, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Like, Oh my goodness, man. Like it's crazy. And then that girl goes back to being the good girl. Yeah. And when society accepts it and they will treat her as if she's a good girl, they will treat her like she's this beautiful princess that would never do anything like that. But then when she's with the right guy at the right place at the right time, she's like bent over with her feet in the air. Like, fuck me. (laughs) It's so wild. And it's just like, really? Like, this is really the way that it is. Or, Or just like the girl that like, She's got this really sweet relationship with this guy that's going really well. But when things go bad in that relationship, she calls another guy. That guy comes over and fucks her and then leaves. This guy that she's in the relationship with has no idea. Like you would not believe how many girls are like that and how many times I was that other guy. And then, you know, we'd just be sitting there afterwards and she'd just be talking. She'd be like, yeah, so my boyfriend's giving me bullshit about this. Or like a lot of times it's just the stupidest stuff, but it's, all the frame, you know, it's the frame that you set with the girl, she's going to match with you. And if you just go into a date and you're not ashamed of your testosterone, like the book of book says, like Mm -hmm. um, uh, an alpha male is not ashamed of his testosterone. If you're forward, it's obvious why you met, you're both on Tinder. You both, you know, you, you have your preferences set to women only. You're not swiping on men and women. Why not? Because, well, because you're interested in sex, like, so own it, you know? Um, if you can figure out how to do that, it, it just totally changes the way that people interact with you. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that stuff too, like where, where women, uh, sort of 
get all slutty when they go out of town and stuff like that. Uh, it's the same. It's the same way that you can get women to have sex with you on the first day. It, it all comes down to plausible deniability a lot of the time, you know, like uh, that, the, the, the pickup trick where you, you, you say, Hey, you know what? Can we swing by my house real quick? I got to feed the goldfish and you bring them up to your house to feed the goldfish. Well, when one thing leads to another, well, I don't know what happened. We went up there to feed the goldfish. Like it's not their fault. It, it always has to be the man's fault. Mm-hmm. It just <laughs> happened. It just, just happened. Just happened. The, the number one from my confessions of a fuck boy, the number one, we were at a bar and we were like off in the corner where no one could see what was going on. I had my arm around her and I was able to like slip my hand under her yoga pants and start fingering her at the bar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we should go, you should come meet my dog. And she's like, no, not on the first date. And I'm like, what the heck? And so finally, I'm like, all right, well, let's get out of here. We get in my car. I'm like, I'm just going to drive towards my house. And when she tells me to turn around, I'll turn around. Okay. And we get to my house and she's like, I told you I wasn't coming home with you. I'm like, that's not a big deal. Just come, come meet my dog. She's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. It, it just happened, you know? And then, you know, she meets up with me seven or eight times after that and is like, this is the best I've ever had. It's like, yeah. damn, okay. I guess that's how it goes. I was probably the first guy that did that. And it's like, you, everyone else that knows this girl, I'm sure has no idea that she would ever be like that, ever. Right. And then it happens and boom. It's like, it's so wild. I can't, I can't think of the name of the movie, but it's uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, uh, was it Justin Bateman? They swap, they swap oh, bodies. Oh, I know what you're talking about. What is that one? Yeah. At that bar where Ryan Reynolds is a real smooth dude and he falls yeah. for that chick and oh, what is it called? I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, uh, look it up it's on IMDb. But there's a there's a, a scene where Justin Bateman is is basically it's him, but he's playing uh, Ryan Reynolds and he's like, she just needs to justify it to herself and her god. That and I was like, boom, right there. That's really what it comes down to. She'll figure out if she you know she'll figure out to ju- how to justify it for herself and. That's all you need. Yep. <laughs> it's really um, crazy. Yeah, it is really crazy. When we first connected, um, and you, I, I think you hinted at this a little bit already, but uh, when we first connected, you said you were trying to find a niche that worked on TikTok. So you went with the purple pill route. Um, what made you decide to make TikTok specifically? You said you got into a relationship, you have a girlfriend, you're like, I think I'll make TikToks about it. But like, why TikTok? Like, well, TikTok's the, it's the hot new thing. Um, and it was the one that I hadn't tried. So I, I have three different TikToks. I have like my normal one, which I post on occasionally. Then I tried to make one to promote my music. That didn't work. And I was like, I got to figure out a way that I could actually get a following. I don't know how to get a following. And so, you know, I watch a lot of YouTube videos and they're like, talk about what you're passionate about. And then it just kind of clicked. It's like, I'm very passionate about red pill stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, active on the purple pill debate. I used to be active on the red pill, but it's not really that great anymore. And um, I could talk about that for hours. They're like something that you could talk about for hours. Like I could talk for days about that. I could start a TikTok about that. That would work. And plus I'm now in a relationship. So all of my data is, is set. It's not going to be adding any more information to the spreadsheet. So I was like, all right, let's do that. I'll sit on my bed I'll, you know, and talk with that cool background and uh, just talk about red pill stuff and see if that catches on. And it was growing pretty, I guess, 
steadily, not that fast. But then, of course, someone suggested in a live stream that I talk about narcissists and (laughs) oh my goodness. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that too. Um, Yeah. Yeah. TikTok's TikTok's an interesting beast, man. Like uh, I started it. I started doing TikToks a year ago um, in January because I dated a gal um, when I first started this podcast, I was, I was dating a gal. I dated her for about three months. And when we were dating, she would just, she would make the dumbest fucking TikToks, just like not even really saying anything. And then they would totally blow up. So this really? is, yeah, this was at like the end of 2019. She wasn't even like, she wasn't even one of those chicks that were like shaking her ass and, and, you know, dressing provocatively. She didn't, she, she would just like, she'd be in her pajamas, look at all frumpy as hell and just make some kind of stupid TikTok, and like it would just randomly blow up. And so I was looking at how I could promote the the podcast better. And I was like, well, fuck, if she can, if she can just put out the dumbest shit, I could probably start talking about the content that I, that I talk about on the podcast. And uh, sure enough, at that time, early uh, last year, like my content grew really quick until I got banned. Um, so that's a, I mean, that's the biggest problem with TikTok is like their draconian fucking rules that are just arbitrary and they apply them to certain people and they don't apply them to other people. And that's the craziest thing, but, but there are certain topics that do very well, (laughs) narcissism being one of them. So I got a question about that. Um, so you're also a musician. You said that you have a, a TikTok where you're trying to promote your music, but that wasn't going that well. What, I mean, what kind of music do you make and, and what instruments do you play? I play keyboard. I can also play a little bit of guitar. Um, I will stick to my claims in my TikTok videos that I suck at guitar, um, but I'm, I'm good at keyboard and um, I make kind of all kinds of music. It's mostly pop electronic-ish, but I mean, there's a song that's got kind of a country vibe to it. Um, rock and roll, like all kinds of stuff. And uh, I just make it all on my computer. Oh, okay. Why, yeah. why don't you think it, it did well on TikTok? I mean, there's it's like a TikTok's, TikTok's sort of a music app. Well, here's the thing with music. So like, let's, let's say you've got your bands that you like. And if you go riding in the car with your friends and you have a band that's already got a following, that's a legit band and you want your friends to like their music, you play it for them. Your friends can be like, oh, come on, man, put on something that we like. You know, it's right. hard to like get people to like music. Typically you have to hear the song a bunch of times, like on the radio or like I used to work at Verizon. And when I worked at Verizon, I was still in my real Christian days. So I only listened to Christian praise and worship music. That was it. But they had music playing all day long when I was at work. That was all kinds of music. Some of it was top 40. Some of it was like super indie like three quarters of the music that they played, I started to like just because I heard it all the time. And so if there's a way that I could like get people to hear music, then they probably would end up liking it as long as it was halfway decent. Cause we all know there's plenty of songs that make the top 40 that are not even halfway decent. So it really just has to do with exposure. And so I've, I've tried all these different angles. I am going to be putting my music more often in my TikTok videos as background, but you, I can't just upload my music to TikTok and have it be used as background. I have to actually put it in the video and upload it. I think you have to get it distributed through like a distribution company to get it in TikTok. And then even if that was the case, I'd be very picky about what part of the song that I wanted. And of course you can't choose, most of them are 30 seconds to a minute all my videos are longer than a minute. So there's all these problems. I'm just going to put it behind my stuff and see if people start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like if my narcissist video had had one of my songs as a background, 
I'm sure. I'm sure people would be like, what song is that? You know? Yeah, yeah. They probably would have. Why why do you uh do uh your why are all your videos over a minute? Because um I don't know if you follow yep. like the the people that tell you like how to game the algorithm. Cause that's, I try to do that too, you know, not, not game the algorithm, but I, I follow people that give you tips and tricks. And usually, I mean, people's attention spans on that fucking app are, are just horrendous. And uh, so, I mean, I try not to do anything more than a minute if I can. Uh, sometimes I go over, uh, but I, if I can, I try to keep it under 30 seconds because just people suck at that. And, it, and the whole thing about gaining, um, getting more views is uh, watch time. You know, like that's the biggest thing of that algorithm. So uh, have you found any, I guess, I, sh- I guess my question is, have you, have you found that challenging because your videos are longer than a minute? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I also think if your video has a good hook, which hooks the first three seconds, something to grab people's attention, Mm-hmm. how to know that you're not falling in love with a narcissist. Right. I'm going to give you a crystal clear picture on what, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. If your you, hooks, your hooks are good. Yeah, exactly. If you can get someone hooked, you can get them to stay. And I, I believe I haven't seen this yet. Cause I finally just now got approved as uh, part of the creator fund. It took forever. I had to apply like six times, you know, uh, a, a, a part of that. I told you that it, I didn't think it was worth it personally, but um, another thing I've heard there's lots of stories about that, that once you're approved for the creator fund, like your views plummet. We'll see. Yeah. So anyway, go on, go on with that. Um, I, I'm still at $0 because I guess it takes three days to update and it hasn't been three days since then, but I haven't seen anything plummet yet. And as a matter of fact, some of the videos from before the Narcissist series, the algorithm has decided to start pushing now. Like the So You Got Dump series is all of a sudden getting now more views than the, than the Narcissist one, which I think is interesting. Um, but we will see. So I believe what you're paid is based on watch time. And I can't, the kind of content that I do, like I really haven't figured out how to put my stuff into 30 second, one minute. So I've tried to focus more on growing it, just getting people hooked. And obviously the the series that went viral, the one video that got is now at 2.1 million views, I think is like two and a half, three minutes long. Uh, mm. So yeah. And It'll tell you, I think uh, in the analytics, like 16% of people watched the entire video. So it's like, that's, if, if they count, if they count at all, how long people watched for, that's seriously going to help. And I can get, get the stuff across. I tend to prefer the longer content. And then the other thing was, is right when I first created my account is when TikTok made you be able to make a video up to 10 minutes long. And they said that they were, they wanted you to create longer videos. So I was thinking, okay, maybe there's going to be a shift in TikTok now towards longer videos. So maybe they'll promote longer videos or, or whatever. Maybe they've done some study that showed that if people are watching longer videos, they spend more time on the app or something like that. I don't know. But I do know if you're watching longer videos, you're, you're less likely to find one that's going to make you want to click away. So yeah. that makes that sense. Could- yeah. I, I, at first, when they first, told me that uh i could start uploading 10 minute videos i was like why the fuck would i do that like i people i have a hard enough time getting people to watch my one minute videos all the way through because people are just retarded but um but what i've started doing is every every wednesday and friday i take clips from the full podcast episodes and i'll do up to i I try to keep it under 10 minutes because even on youtube people's attention spans are are shitty so i I try to take clips on on wednesdays and 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 Fridays and I started uploading those to TikTok as well, like the full 
teaser clip for the whole podcast and those are doing okay. I wouldn't say that TikTok's pr- uh, pushing those yet though. They're, okay. they're definitely not pushing those. Whereas like on uh, Instagram and Facebook, face uh, meta, whatever they're fucking called now, they, they put out a, a, a statement saying that they are actively pushing 90 minute reels right now. 90 second reels or 90 minute reels? Uh, 90 second reels. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So 90 second reels, they're actively pushing those because okay. they're, they're trying to compete with TikTok. So like if you like create a purple pill, Eric Instagram, um, and start up like repurposing your TikToks for that too, like you'll, you'll kill it. I'm, I'm hundred percent certain. Cool. Um, let's go to your, let's go back to your spreadsheet. All right. Sheet time. <laughs> This is some nerd shit, man. This, uh, <laughs> but oh, this yeah. is uh, like, it, it's fascinating to me that you did this and you took the time to do this. Um, so why spreadsheet though? Like, why did you decide, like, I am going to track this? Well, anything that you can measure, you can measure your improvement. Okay. And, you study. and I, I like analytics. So I've always had sales jobs and I always liked being the guy that was keeping track of everyone's numbers. Um, so like the Verizon sales job, every month we'd have a sales meeting and we'd talk about who the top performers were and all the different metrics. You know, oh, you sold the most personal hotspots, you sold the most iPhones, you sold the most Androids, and you know, you could you could graph it. And I would make these graphs. I just like doing stuff like that. And so I was like, I'm just gonna make a spreadsheet and say, okay, you know, six months ago I was banging an average of sixes and now I'm banging average sevens, you know. Um, or, so, you know, oh, so that was a, that was a part of your spreadsheet. Absolutely. You're like, uh, oh, scale everything. one to 10. Okay. She was a seven. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how many times did we go on a date before we actually had sex? You know, was I improving that? Um, how many, uh, how many times did we have sex, you know, so I could keep track of that. And also I wanted to know what my actual body count was because I knew anyone with a body count of over 10 has no idea. They're just whether you're a guy or a girl, you just think of a number that feels like how many people you've had sex with and just I, say it. I have to, I have to actually sit there and like try to count it up. Right. If I'm, uh, if I'm like, man, how many, like whatever the body count conversation comes up, I'm like, fucking, okay. At this point I was at, you know, and I, I have to start is really, yeah, you're right. Over 10. It's like, it starts getting blurry. Yeah. And over 10, it doesn't really matter. It's like, it, you've had sex with a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. Does it matter whether you've had sex with 15 or 25? Does that make it? No, it doesn't. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know? you're more of a pimp. Like you're only a pimp though, unless if you're in the four digits, right? Oh, like, right. <laughs> how do you even, oh my goodness. That's, that's crazy. I, I, I think that's absurd. But have you seen that guy's videos? What's the guy's name? It's a uh, John Anthony lifestyle. He's like uh, some kind of internet dating coach. M- uh, most of his videos that I've seen, it's just him shitting on other dating coaches and okay. trying to gain clout, right? Like he'll sit there and talk about like, you know, Rolo Tomasi's a piece of shit or whatever. And like that, that'll, it'll just be a hit piece video. Right. And he's like, oh, he's, he hasn't even, you know, he's been married for 25 years. He probably doesn't even have a, a lay count more than 10. I myself have, you know, a thousand or whatever. And it's like, no, you don't, bro. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of fake gurus out there. Yeah, I think the the only guy, I've, uh, the only two guys I've talked to on this podcast that I I know for a fact that they probably are in those numbers are porn stars. You know, I've I've talked right. to uh, like Eric Everhard. He's been doing this for like 20 fucking years. Of course, he's got a, a ridiculous lay count like that because it's a part of his job. You know, but uh, some of these other guys on the internet, I'm like, take that shit with a grain of salt. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> what do you think of Andrew Tate? 
He's the uh, he's the hot one that I keep coming across. Uh, you know, the thing about Tate is um, he's very brash. He's very loud. And uh, but a lot of the stuff he says, I agree with. But I think what he's really doing is selling a lifestyle that for most guys in this space is unattainable, you know, and so that uh, which is fine. I mean, like you, you could set your goal to be a, a, a private jet flying fucking international pimp. I mean, that's a great goal to have. But for most of you guys out there, it's unrealistic. You know, I try to keep my content a little closer to the ground. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there is something to be said for that shock value. Like you were saying, like, you know, yeah. I, I did come across one of the, that guy's videos and he opens it with a hook of I've slept with 4,000 women. I'm probably going to watch the whole video just because I'm curious, you know, it's like, oh, okay, let, let's see what this guy has to say. It's probably, I'm probably not going to agree with it, but I still want to hear it, you know? Yeah. 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 It's a uh, clickbait. It's Big, <laughs> good game. Someone um, asked, oh, go ahead. Someone, someone asked me why I didn't do all the narcissist videos in one because I could have just combined them to one. And I was like, the algorithm. You know, I would have, yeah. So, yeah, got to split that shit up to keep you guys coming back. You know, it's, (laughs) um, can you tell me what your worst date ever was? Like Cliff's Notes version of that? Oh, man. Um, so worst first date. Yeah. It lasted about 20 minutes. Uh, it was a, we met on Tinder. We went to this bar. And she just immediately started asking me questions about how much money I made, like (laughs) where I lived. And like, I realized real quick that she was just like really onto me like that. So I just like started lying and downplay and everything and just acting like I, you know, worked for like some multi-level marketing company and I didn't really make very much money. And I lived in an apartment. I actually told her I lived in an apartment and, uh, I didn't, I was like, oh, my car is nothing special and everything. And she just like eventually got to the point where she started like to insult me. Yeah. And, um, she was not in- just, not just a shit test. She was just, she was being straight up insulting. Yeah. And I was okay. just like, okay, well, you know, you can have a nice day. I think the drinks that we had each were like seven fifty a piece. So I just like threw a 20 down on the table and I was just like, you, you have a nice night. And I just like left. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, really like that. Did that really happen? Like, I should have, I drive a Tesla. I should have like driven my car by and like waved at her like on the way out. But like, I was just like, no, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think I've had a date that bad, uh, except for, so I, there was two periods of, uh, you know, post divorce where I found myself on the dating circuit, right? Like once after I got divorced and then I got into a long-term relationship and then right after that, and that, that, second relationship there was like my red pilling uh, moment. And, uh, but that, that first time after my marriage, I hadn't dated in like 15 years. I was like fat overweight. I was like 230 pounds, you know, I'm only five, nine. So, you know, you take, put that image in your head and I was just floundering with women. I I remember I, I went on a date with one chick and man, she was like her husband, well, I don't know if she was lying or what, probably lying, but she was like, oh, my, my ex-husband, he's, he's threatening to commit suicide right now. And like, she was just like, so not into the conversation. I was just like, man, this is the worst date ever. But, uh, my second time going around, um, I did a whole podcast on it. I I did a, a tale of two train wrecks episode. I had one chick just break down crying in the middle of the date because like her dad was, 
going through some things and she was just like having this emotional problems. And then, uh, and, and she was just super needy and shit. And then, uh, the second chick, uh, was just, she got blackout drunk on our first date, slurring her speech, could barely walk. That's and awesome. I was like, and I was like, man, uh, maybe that's just a one-off situation. So I invited her for a second date at my place and she came over here and just got all fucking sloppy drunk. And I was like, I'm not sticking my dick in crazy. I had her sleeping off on the couch and I, w- I went to bed. I was like, this isn't happening. Uh, uh-huh. but nothing like that where I, they were just insulting me on the date that, that that's pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You did. Uh, so I made a video about dating apps and how men suck at them. And you commented that you like dating apps. What would you tell guys who've given up on dating apps? Well, it depends on why. But I think one of the things that happened to me when I first got single was a lot of my friends told me that Tinder, that was the, that was the main one at the time, Bumble was relatively new, was... Um, just really easy. They were like, I, one of my friends literally said, Oh, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. And hmm. this guy was not, he was not over six foot. He did not go to the gym. He was an average guy. I mean, he wasn't overweight or anything, decent looking, but you know, not exceptional. And that was the general vibe that I got was that if I created a dating app, that there was just going to be women lining up. And I think that it's, it's guy talk, you know, when you're with the guys, you talk about how easy it was. You met this girl on Tinder and she was so easy and everything. And it's just like, it's going to be easy. It's not, it's work. And people don't realize that. And, you know, it, it's, I think it's more work now than it was then. You got to put work into it. You got to swipe a lot. You got to talk. Most of the people that you match with aren't going to message you back. You know, even me as someone who goes to the gym, I'm six foot three. I have a passion. I'm a musician. Like I've got a lot of things going for me. My pictures were fucking awesome. It was work for me. I had to swipe a lot. I had to, I had girls that wouldn't message me back, you know, and I would spend a good amount of time on the app, swiping Tinder, Bumble and Hinge. Mm -hmm. But if you put the work in, it's the best way to meet someone, you know, it's that's because that's where you find the girl that's in town for a month. Yeah. You find the girl that's in town for a month, you're going to have a really good month, you know? And most of the guys don't know what they're doing. Like I've, I've done everything. I've created dating apps with female pictures just to see what the competition was. Mm-hmm. You're surprised at how many guys won't message. It's just like, really? Like yeah. 1% of women will message me before I message yeah. them. You, yeah, I usually- I, I've, had, I've had douchebags in the comments saying, I wait for girls to message me, message me. And I'm like, how does that work out for you? And they, they always say, oh, yeah, it works out great. No, oh my no, no, it doesn't. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so it's one of those things where there's just like, it's encouraged that you just talk about it like it's so easy. You know what I mean? Because it makes you look cool. You know, oh, girls yeah. come to me. It's like, mm, nope, it's work, but it's worth the work. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I it's not that hard. You know, I would, in fact, um, so I have this guy in my, my Patreon today and he was like, I'm like, I want you to set up a hinge profile. He's like, I'm going to wait until I go get professional pictures done. I'm like, you should get professional pictures done, but don't wait for that. Like, I was like, look, and I just, I just uploaded all the pictures I use. I go, these were the pictures I used when I was on the dating apps and mine. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, dating coaches that say, oh, you need, you need to have these types of pictures and stuff like mine broke all the rules. Right. Like I think half my pictures, uh, had sunglasses on, you know, I had like at least like two selfies in there. You're not supposed to do any selfies and shit like that. It didn't matter. My Mm -hmm. bio was like, was probably 
the best thing about my profile, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, did a lot of swiping. I actually would pay for the, the premium version of, of some of these yeah. apps so did I. because a lot of guys, like if you want to date, if you want to uh, use a dating app, like a chick does and be passive, pay for the premium version because then you can wait to see who's swiping on you. But that's usually what women do. They just wait to see who swipe, swipe on them. You know, if you're, if you're a, a relatively attractive chick, pretty much every right swipe you get, you're going to get a match. Oh, so yeah. you might as well, like if, if you're a guy, you don't want to spend a lot of time on a dating app, just spend the money. It's not that it's, it's nominal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I think. But, but yeah, I mean, like it, it is work, but it's, it's not that much work. Yeah. It's, it's a great, I mean, it's the easiest way to meet women. Yeah, it's way easier than going to a bar and cold approaching, which you should do. But it's way easier than that. You mm-hmm. know, you don't have to risk anything, and you can do it anytime. You you have your phone on you all the time, and you know if you're moving around like I do for work, I'm in a bunch of different towns. I pull it up in a bunch of different towns. I'm pulling people from all over the place. You know, um, you know you can. It there it's it's the most efficient way, but it does require work, and I think. Yeah, I just think people think that it's just going to magically happen. People think that with a lot of things. And that's that's the way that most advertising is for things too, you know? Like even yeah. the stuff you see on TikTok, want to grow your TikTok channel? Try this. It's like no matter what you do, it's going to be work. It is. It's going to be work. Another thing too, a lot of guys don't realize is uh dating apps, social media, any kind of virtual shit like that, it's a virtual version of what's going to happen in real life. Yes. You know, in real life, women are sort of the passive sex. They expect you, they might put out choosing signals and stuff like that, but they expect you to initiate the conversation. That's why I think Bumble kind of sucks because a lot of women like the idea of Bumble. What's that? <laughs> the girl just says hi. I mean, right. You know. but, but, but if she's smart, if she's smart, she'll, she could just send a fucking emoji yep. and kick the conversation off. Cause they don't have to try, but a lot of women, especially in my area, I live in like a real conservative area. And I found that on Bumble, a lot of these women would sign up, but they wouldn't reach out because they're expecting you to reach out. You know? Oh no. Half the matches I got on Bumble didn't message me. And I have a theory yeah. on, it. so I talked with a friend who was talking to me. Okay. So Tinder was made the, the people who made grinder, you know what grinder is, right? It's the gay Tinder. Right. And, but on Grindr, you can just message someone without anything. So if you're near someone, you could send them a message. So they tried that for a a heterosexual dating app and it did not work. That's why we know about Grindr and we don't know about whatever the heterosexual version of Grindr was because it it didn't work because women were not comfortable with men just randomly being able to message them. Mm -hmm. So once someone was like, well, what about if we have, they both have to swipe right. Yeah. which is really the woman has to swipe right, right? Because men are going to swipe right on most most people. Right. Then the man can't message her unless she's already approved that guy. It took off. And Bumble took it a step further and said, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but I, I really think this is the reason. Bumble took it a step further and said, the woman can swipe right just to see if he matched, even if she's not someone who she'd, he'd actually want to talk to, just so that she could see if he matched. And women will do that. They'll be mm. curious. I don't want to talk to him, but I'm kind of curious to see if he'd like me. So let me swipe right. Oh, he did. Okay. I'm not going to message him. I really think that's the reason. And there are some women that are just more comfortable with the dating app where they have that extra layer, yeah. which is crazy. But yeah, I, I, that might be, that might be a, a very good reason too. But, um, I, I think that in my area, it's women just don't, don't typically like to be the, make, 
be the ones that make the first move. You know, um, I think I went on like maybe three dates from Bumble. The rest of my dates were all like Tinder, Match, and Hinge. I think for the most part, I went on some really shitty dates with like Plenty of Fish. That's some real fucking garbage women on there though. But <laughs> um, one last question, and then I think we can wrap this up. Uh, you have a video on text openers that work. Can you okay. can you give us a couple of examples and explain why they work? Yeah, absolutely. So though I I created those text openers from sales pitch openers that work mm-hmm. because when you there's this idea that I, I think I first heard it from the RSD guys on pickup that you want to be offering value when you go talk to someone. So yeah, that if, sounds like going cook. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If it's a girl that you got her number, you haven't talked to her in a while and you just slide into her DMs saying something like, Hey, how are you? It just, it comes off with this really needy vibe. I always just say, put, flip it around and say some girl that you are not attracted to, She's not really ugly, but you're not attracted to her. She slides into your DMs and she says to you, hey, how are you? Or, or hey, what's up? You're going to immediately get this weird feeling like, oh, no, is she, is she going to try and ask me on a date? Because I don't really want to do that. And that's the way that most girls feel about guys when they don't really know them. They have to get, you know, they have to get some sort of rapport with you before they're going to feel that attraction. Um, and so if you can lead with something that piques their interest immediately they're going to be having an experience with you and they're going to want to continue that experience. Hey, your name came up in conversation the other night. Hey, I saw something today that made me think about you. Uh, you know, things like that. All of a sudden now she's invested in this conversation. And if you make her feel something, oh boy, oh boy, she's going to want to, she's going to want to keep that going rather than just the same bullshit that everyone else is doing. Hey, you're really pretty. Hey, what's up? Like, Hey, good morning. Like, come on, man. Think of something Think of something better than that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's a what? What was one of your text openers? Like, so what th- was, what's a go-to that you used a lot? Oh, you said one of them. You said one of them. Uh, your name came up in a conversation. Yeah, your name came up in a conversation. Yeah. So okay. your name came up in a conversation the other night, and then you know, it, it, if it was something like I was going for text openers that you would use on someone who you had gotten their number and things didn't work out, you hadn't talked to them in a while, and now you wanted to like reignite things. If you say something like that, it's going to get it going again, mm. and then. You know, because then it sparks her interest, and then she says, "What was it?" And then you say, "Well, actually, I can't, I can't say on here because I don't know if I can trust you not to screenshot it." And then she's like, "Oh, oh, now it's intriguing! Like, oh yeah, shit, this is the intriguing. dish, yeah. bitch!" Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, you know, if you make the woman feel something emotional <gasps> like that, all of a sudden now she's really invested in what's going on. So that's a way that you can immediately just get a girl that otherwise would not have any interest in you invested in you. Yeah. Smart. That's some tricky shit. All right, brother. I think uh, we're at an hour now, so I think we'll wrap this up. Awesome. Thanks so much, Paul, for having me on. Yeah, dude. You're welcome back anytime. Um, Right. I think the next episode you're going to be on because you and Alex and I are getting together, but uh, (laughs) we'll save that for another time. Um, where can people find you online? Yeah, so you can find me at Purple Pill Eric on Twitter. No, not Twitter. Purple Pill Eric on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at, oh boy, it's thundering out. Hopefully, I don't lose internet. If uh, I lose you're, internet you're good. Hurry up, wrap this up. <laughs> uh, you can find me, Mr. Skylight, on YouTube. I make my music. And uh, I have a Purple Pill Eric Instagram that I'm working on getting some reels going on. I created it last night. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, send me those links. I'll put them all in the description. All right. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, man. Have a good night. All right. See you. Eric, thanks for joining me, brother. You're welcome back anytime. In fact, at the time of this recording, we've already recorded two podcasts. I think Eric is in, I have to look at the schedule, but I think Eric's either like next week or the week after. Uh, he comes back on with Alex Costello and we we shoot some stuff. So look out for that episode. Um, other than that, I hope you got some insights out of Eric's experience. He's a, he's a really fascinating dude. Um, also, since I talked to him, I, I listened to the book of book on, on audiobook. So, uh, that's a book that I highly recommend. You guys really need to check out the book of book, um, book of pook, pook, pook. I don't know. Potato, potato. Um, but check that out. That was one of his book recommendations. Other than that, make sure you guys check out the Patreon. Uh, again, there's five tiers. It's patreon.com slash come on man pod. The link is in the description and the lowest tier is like five bucks. It's the least you can do. Just skip Starbucks one, one, one day, <laughs> one day in a month and help support the show and help get us in front of other people. All right, guys, that's all I have this week. We will catch you next week on Monday. This has been the Come On Man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.